I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 124. And today I'm going to finish up with Glucose Revolution. This would be part three. And we're going to talk about hacks number six through 10. And yeah, so I don't know if you guys have been trying any of these things, if it has been helping with anything, or if this is like something you don't even want to worry about. But I feel like if you're have a goal with your health this year that maybe just getting an understanding of this is super helpful. Okay. All right, you guys, my dog just got back this morning from getting groomed and she literally looks like a live stuffed animal. So we have a toy poodle Bichon mixed dog and she's like maybe 11 pounds and she's just like so fluffy she's white she's got these like little kind of off-white-ish brown spots on her back anyway I love it when she comes home from the groomer because she smells so good and I want to say a couple years ago after she had been groomed I was like I just need to know what shampoo you use so when I I can grab it or when I'm in between and we have to wash her up, she can smell that good again. And they're like, it's not the shampoo. We put a little puppy perfume. You guys, puppy perfume, it's like a thing. And so I found out what kind they use and I bought it. (laughs) And I've had it for probably two years. And oh my gosh, we love spritzing her after her little, if she takes a bath, And we love the smell of the puppy perfume. We usually joke that we should all start actually using it because it smells so good. It's like spring rain or something. Oh my gosh. Isn't that funny? Like I have become what I used to like think I would never become. (laughs) This person who buys perfume for their little dog. Yeah, she sits with me. I think I've mentioned this before, but every time I go to record a podcast, she like follows me or she'll like realize I'm recording and she comes and like scratches at the door. So I usually have to stop and let her in so she can just hang out while I'm recording. So you can all say hi to Beanie or I'll have <laughs> I wish she could say hi. And then another thing I have question for you guys is how are your goals going. We're getting to the end of January and I feel like it's especially easy to just kind of like lose your motivation. (laughs) I've noticed it with a couple things like my daughter had been doing some things a couple weeks ago and then I was like, hey, are you going to still do that? And she's like, eh. And so how is everybody? (laughs) 
doing. I know there was a couple things I really wanted to get done this month. Like I wanted to kind of remodel, not really change anything, but new sink, new toilet. We have this tiny half bath, but it's actually my favorite bathroom for me because of the height of the toilet. I know, so random, but I'm short. So anyway, we're going to find another one that's like that same height because I like it. (laughs) And anyway, so we've done a little bit of planning. I was hoping to have it started a little bit this month, but it hasn't happened yet. So that's probably going to have to go to next month. And I haven't done anything with my storage room. That was another thing on my list for this month. So those are going on for next month. But I do have to report and I'll give you the full info when I know when it's going to be released. But I reached out to another podcast to be a guest and I just had the interview last Friday and I think it he said it take like 10 days. So I'll let you guys know probably next week when it's out. So it was with the Cultural Hall and um, Richie Stedman is the host who actually, crazy enough, served a mission in Cleveland in our ward when we were here. So I knew him from like 23 years ago. (laughs) And now he's doing a podcast too, which is really popular in um, the LDS culture because it's called the cultural hall it's all about like LDS culture and news and stuff anyway so I did an interview with him so that's kind of fun and so that was one thing I did this month that was like on my list of goals so I'm just saying try to stay motivated keep it up you guys and if there's something you can do to get like re-motivated Like what motivated you in the first place? Maybe go there again or I don't know. You got to find it because it really is hard to try to do stuff just by pure like, okay, I made a promise. I'm going to do this. We need both. So, and sometimes just like starting to do it will then get you motivated because then you'll have those successes. So it's kind of like that back and forth. Oh, okay. All right. Enough of that. But anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. I can't believe we're nearing the end of January. I'm kind of glad to be honest because <laughs> my birthday is in February. So that's fun. And my husband's birthday is in February. And then we have another like we kind of have a second anniversary where we were sealed in our temple. So it's kind of a fun half a year celebration, February. And that means you're like closer to spring Oh, here in Cleveland, it gets in the winter. You really, I've had to learn how to make my own sunshine. So let's go. All right. (laughs) If you remember, we're talking about the book Glucose Revolution by Jesse and Chospi. And today we're going to finish up with the last hacks that she mentions in her book. And last week we did one through five. And this week we'll start with number six. So that's the number we're going to start with. So here we go. Number six hack is pick dessert over a sweet snack. So she kind of explains what's postprandial state or post eating. She says when our bodies are doing a lot of work. Okay. So after we eat, that is when our bodies kind of 
send all the glucose to where it needs to go for energy and then gets rid of the stuff that we don't need. So there's a lot of um, work in that way and then work in digesting it. So she says the bigger a glucose or fructose spike after a meal, the more demanding the postprandial state is for our body to deal with because the more free radicals, glycation, and insulin release it has to manage. So I feel like especially after dinner, like I just want to have something sweet. So she says that's actually good to have it like as part of dinner. It sort of goes back to like the one where you have greens or salad first. It's not going to affect your blood sugar as much as it would if you just had it like by itself. So she says if you've had like protein, fat, and fiber already, that is probably the best time to add a sweet. She says to prevent wreaking more havoc on our systems, when we want to eat something sweet, add it at the end of the meal after you've had protein, fat, and fiber. Otherwise, as you snack on something sweet, that definitely will spike your glucose. Okay, so I actually like this idea better because I tend to like want to have something sweet at night and then sometimes it's right before bed and she's mentioning that especially if you want to get better sleep, you don't want to spike your glucose right before you go to bed. So just have it right after a meal. That just makes me feel like, oh, I don't have to just give up sweets, right? But she's saying like if you even if you have a craving for something sweet, she says the best thing to do is like, let's say you're sometimes she talks about like going past a bakery and you just have a craving for a brownie that's in there. She says, go and buy the brownie, but then save it for after dinner. It won't wreak as much havoc on our systems. Okay, that seems pretty doable, right? So if you're having dessert, have it after a meal rather than on its own. Okay, hack number seven. This is quite interesting. She says, reach for vinegar before you eat. All right, I find this super fascinating because I have heard and I've seen all these things like on Pinterest and on the internet about, you know, drink vinegar and you'll lose weight. And I'm like, what? And I remember a friend of mine when I was working at Ursuline um, that I was working with, she talked about how, yeah, I just would have vinegar with my meals and I lost weight. And I was like, is that a real thing? What? And then I also remember my mom, whenever she would visit and she'd be like, have this big thing of like apple cider vinegar, like the chunky raw stuff. And she's like, you need to drink this with water. It really helps your body. And I just didn't really understand, like, what does it do? So this hack explains what vinegar does. And that it actually is true. It helps your body process the sugar. Okay. So she says, quote, the enzyme alpha amylase, it chops starch back up into glucose. Okay. If you remember how she talked about starch is like glucose that is put together in a chain. When you, If you think about children in a playground running around and that's glucose. And then when the you know, the lunch aid comes and they all hold hands and that is when it becomes starch, okay? 
So she says, well, vinegar or acetic acid temporarily inactivates that enzyme. As a result, glucose and starch are transformed into glucose more slowly and the glucose hits our system more softly. Second, once acetic acid gets into the bloodstream, it penetrates our muscles. There, it encourages our muscles to make glycogen faster than they usually would, which in turn leads to more efficient uptake of glucose. Now remember, glycogen is when it's transferring the glucose into, like once you get glucose turned into glycogen, it can't turn into like a free radical or glycation. That's actually really good. So it also reduces the amount of insulin in our body, which helps us get back to fat burning mode. It also has a remarkable effect on our DNA. It tells our DNA to reprogram a bit so that our mitochondria burn more fat. Yep, for real. What? (laughs) Ah, so she suggests drink one tablespoon of vinegar, and she says like any kind, one tall glass of water. And then she also suggests to drink it with a straw so you don't like ruin your teeth. And then she says you can drink it 20 minutes before you eat. You can drink it also 20 minutes after or even during while you're eating. So you guys, I have tried this a bunch of times. So when I was first reading this book and we were, I feel like we were on like a little, we had this little break with my kids and We have this ice cream store here in the Cleveland area called Mitchell's and it has like awesome ice cream. We had these gift cards that my dad had given us the last time he was here and we hadn't used them yet and it had been like, I don't know, four or five months since they had given it to us. And so we're like, let's go to Mitchell's. And I remember in the book, she said, if you know that you are going somewhere and you're going to have a sweet snack and you want to reduce that impact on your body or the spike on your body, then what you need to do is just drink vinegar and water 20 minutes before or 20 minutes after. So I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to try this out. So I like poured some vinegar and water in a cup and I like drank it on our drive to get ice cream. Now, vinegar and water is really not good. (laughs) But it's interesting how when I drink the vinegar and water, I actually didn't feel as like, I don't know if it's like you have so much ice cream and you feel good to a certain point, but then if you go beyond that, you kind of feel yucky. Well, that was gone. Like I think part of it is is that effect on my body is soft as when I had the vinegar. And so I tend to have vinegar probably three times a week now, at least, depending on what I'm eating. We usually have pizza night on Fridays and pasta night on Mondays. And I notice that I just don't always feel the best after pasta night. (laughs) could be a little sensitivity on my part, but the days where I tend to have a little bit of vinegar afterwards, I don't feel as bad. And the same like with my pizza night, if I want to have more pizza and maybe have ice cream after, I'll just like drink some vinegar either afterwards or before. 
I think sometimes it's a little bit better waiting 20 minutes after and then you can enjoy the taste of what you just had. Because if you're like doing it during, I feel like you do get used to it, but it is, it's not that great. But it's kind of crazy how that, it's sort of like an extra helper so you don't have to add more insulin to your body. Think of it as this like helper of processing your sugar. Anyway, so that is hack number seven. So that one's kind of cool. And I think that's also really helpful if you think about times where you know, you know, you're going to like a birthday party and you know you're going to have a few more sweets and you just have a little drink before and that's just going to help your body process it and kind of deal with it better. Okay, hack number eight. This is another one I really like. She says, after you eat, move. Now in this section, she starts to explain like the energy that is created from our glucose. So I'm going to quote what she says here. She says, there's a special name for the energy created out of the ashes of glucose to fuel our cells. It's called adenosine triphosphate or ATP. So then she goes on, as soon as the influx of glucose from a large bowl of rice, for example, hits our body, two things happen. If we stay sedentary, as the spike reaches its peak, glucose floods our cells and overwhelms our mitochondria. Free radicals are produced, inflammation increases, and excess glucose is stored away in the liver, muscles, and fat. If, on the other hand, we contract our muscles as the glucose moves from our intestines to our bloodstream, our mitochondria have a higher burning capacity. They aren't overwhelmed as quickly. They are thrilled to use the extra glucose to make ATP to fuel our working muscles. Here is another way to think about, she goes on to say, when we exercise, again, just 10 minutes of walking is helpful. We make the fire on our grandfather's steam train bigger and hotter. Our grandfather shovels coal at a greater speed. The steam train burns it at greater speed. Instead of accumulating the extra glucose is used up so she's saying even just moving for 10 minutes after you eat and she says you have up to 70 minutes so sometimes it's not really fun to like do a big rigorous workout after you eat but she's saying even going on a 10 minute walk can help flatten your curve without increasing insulin levels And she says even like doing 30 squats or doing a wall sit, something where your body has to use the muscles will help it use more of the glucose that you put into your body by whatever you eat. And that's why sometimes I think why kids, they are just, you know, constantly running around. So when they eat and they go run around, that is why I think they can have a little more capacity to eat more sugar is just because they tend to move around way more. And then if you notice, like as we grow up and get a little more sedentary, that's also part of our issue is like after we eat, like our mitochondria gets tired because it's overwhelmed. So I haven't done this yet, but I might do an experiment maybe for a week. And it might be even good to do like when you're on vacation and you don't really want to work out a ton I noticed this like when my husband and I went on a cruise and you know how you're just like eating a ton, but you're also walking all over the place. So 
I feel like it's interesting how that all balances out. So now you understand why. So after you eat, and especially if you have a higher like carb or sugar, extra cake or whatever, simply get up and move and you can reduce the effects of that glucose spike. And I just think that's so cool. So that's hack number eight. After you eat, move. So yeah, somebody just try like, (laughs) instead of working out like one time a day, I wonder if you just did 10 minutes after you eat, how that would balance out. Maybe I'll do that experiment. (laughs) I'll let you guys know. Okay, hack number nine. If you have to snack, go savory. She says, skip the sweet or starchy snack, which is what most of us usually grab, but grab something savory to help give you more energy. So in her book, there's a bunch of suggestions like apple slices with nut butter or cheese, baby carrots with hummus, hard boiled eggs, seeded crackers with a slice of cheese and a slice of ham. And I've noticed that that like that's just a little thing that I feel like I've been trying to do with my kids when they come home is that I'm like, oh, why don't you just add a little bit of protein to that snack or add a little bit of fat because usually they're snacking on goldfish or granola bars or popcorn or cereal and just adding a little bit of protein or making sure they're going savory like I'm trying to remember. So that's not going to spike your blood sugar as much as if you just have like an apple. But if you put apple and peanut butter or apple and cheese, that's going to hit your body in a different way. So very cool. I just think it's nice to have some of these tools just to understand what are quote unquote better snacks. I just think it can help everybody, you know, like, and we don't have to be like annoying about it. Like, you know, just, hey, why don't you add a little bit of cheese or peanut butter or hummus to that? All right. Hack number nine was if you have a snack, go savory. Okay. And then hack number 10 Put some clothes on your carbs. Okay, so what she means by this, and it's similar to hack nine, but a little bit different. So um, she's saying, when you are going to eat carbs, especially when you are on the go, put it with some fiber, protein, and fat, preferably in that order. If you are eating carbs on their own, such as bread, corn, couscous, pasta, rice, tortillas, cake, candy bars, cereal, cookies, crackers, fruit, granola, hot chocolate, ice cream, or or anything sweet, combine them with any vegetable, avocado, beans, butter, cheese, cream, eggs, fish, Greek yogurt, meat, nuts, or seeds, or some good fats from animals, butter, ghee, or coconut oil, or she says those are called saturated. They're good saturated fats. And then she goes also into telling us about or monounsaturated from fruit and nuts such as avocado, macadamia, nuts, and olives. With the fat, she says, remember just to have like two tablespoons or less. I was telling you a little bit about how I went through this program with disruptive nutrition. And basically the whole program is you're eating smaller meals more frequently. And it's basically the idea of You're always having a protein, a fat, and a carb every time you eat. So you're you're just balancing your blood sugar that way. And this is similar to what she's saying. So like every time you have a carb, you're not having it on its own. You're having 
it balanced so it's going to hit your blood sugar in a different way. And again, you can combine all the other hacks of eating it in the right order. You know, there's just like so many different combinations of all these hacks that you can use. Like one thing that's kind of, I've been really struggling with, I know with my kids is like, I usually have a meal with rice once a week. Like on Thursdays, we call it kind of our Asian night or we do like Indian food too. And so I usually have rice to go with it. And I have a couple of my kids who aren't quite as adventurous when I make, it kind of depends what I make that week, but they'll have the rice. And if they're just going to have rice, again, I'm always just like, hey, why don't you just add a protein that you might like with that? And then, you know, maybe add a fat or something. But just remember to not just eat carbs on their own, and that's going to have a different effect on your body. So what's kind of fun is at the end of the book, she kind of has this part where she gives an example of like her day and how she combined different hacks. And I'll just share you a few things that I do. I've kind of shared with, with all of you, but like for instance, I try to make sure I have my veggies first. Generally, if I'm eating a meal, sometimes I'll have Greek yogurt. I used to love having like granola with Greek yogurt, but it's crazy how like granola just adds all this extra carbs, which turns into sugar right away. So what she suggests is just adding, if you want something crunchy, just add some like nuts that are crushed up. And it's kind of that similar effect. That's just adding a little more fat and not as much carbs. So sometimes I I really like vanilla Greek yogurt and I do that. I do, like I mentioned, do the vinegar thing probably for sure at least three times a week. There were some weeks I was trying to just drink it at night to see how that would work. And then I definitely, if I have days when I just have a sweet tooth and I just want to eat sweet things, I think it's it's like this nice balance of like, I'm not going to just totally wreak havoc on my body and I just have vinegar after. (laughs) And then she also shares a little bit about how like to read food labels. She does like a whole chapter on food labels and how you need to remember that you don't need to worry about calories. You kind of want to hone in on to the sugar or the carb content and the fat and the protein and just look at those. And I think sometimes I'm so surprised at some things that have a lot of sugar that I think are more healthy and they actually have a lot more sugar than I think they do. So one thing I just want to let you guys know, because I've been trying to do this. So I started in June about six months ago. And what I notice, my cravings are reduced. And like I used to love to have And I do still have it like probably once or twice a week now, but like I used to love to have Diet Coke every day, or I would always have to have something sweet every day. You know, when you're at an event, just having the dessert. And I've noticed that sometimes it's not even like tempting to me, like I don't even crave it. So that's the other thing that is a crazy thing that she when she says on her I think it's part of the title of our book reduce cravings like that is actually a real thing and sometimes you're just like "Eh, I think I'd rather feel better than eat that and I was really worried after a time like I went a whole month 
and they didn't have sugar, dairy, didn't have any bread or, you know, flour, kind of like a cleanse thing. And I was worried that things wouldn't taste good anymore. But luckily, they still taste good. I just think it's interesting how your body doesn't necessarily crave them. That makes sense. So if there's anything to motivate that about stabilizing your blood sugar, it literally then helps you just relax, I feel like. And not having cravings, that seems like so nice. I feel like you just have more of a sense of like, what do I need to fuel my body with that will help me feel better instead of like, what do I feel like? Like those two things are so different. But now lately, that's just what I think. Like, what do I need to fuel my body with? Do I have a protein, a fat or a carb? And that's how I eat. Now, I still love ice cream. I still love like candy is also one of my things. Like I was invited to another young women's group to kind of talk a little bit about the temple. And I gave them these little boxes with some candy in it. And one of them is Swedish fish. And it's like one of my favorite candies. I don't know why I love Swedish fish so much. And just because I had it and I just started eating it, I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I was just like eating all the leftovers after I'd filled all my boxes. And then my kids are like mad at me. They're like, hey, where? I thought there were Swedish fish left. And I was like, whoops. (laughs) So it's not like you still like the things that you like, but I feel like you're not like, having serious cravings to go out and get them. Does that make sense? All right, guys, I hope this helps. I feel like these groups of hacks are really, really practical. Like, I'm just going to read through them one more time before we end. So number six was pick dessert over a sweet snack. So if you want to add a dessert, make sure it's at the end of your meal instead of just like on its own. Hack number seven, reach for vinegar before you eat. Hack number eight, After you eat, move. Hack number nine, if you have to snack, go savory. And hack number 10, put some clothes on your carbs. And all of these hacks, like one through 10, can work in combination with each other to help you kind of keep your glucose at a level of 80 to 120 or just keeping like your sugar levels a little bit lower. But again, we all need that sugar and glucose so our body can have energy. So just having that balance. Okay. I think that's it for today. So I, again, I hope all of this helps you guys and this would be the end of the book. And I've decided to do a monthly newsletter. I was trying to decide this, how often I was going to do it. And I feel like for me, it's going to be monthly. And there's something I'm going to include in there that will just help me earn a little bit of commission, but it doesn't cost you guys anything extra. You know, I'll have some links to like the books or anything I like mentioned that I liked in any of the episodes for the past little while. So that if you end up like clicking on that link and buying something, I get a little commission, but it's at no cost to you. So That'll just help me start paying for my podcast a little bit, which is part of my goal this year. So if you want to receive my newsletter, and it's just going to be once a month, you can send me an email 
And my emails just, and I'll make it more easy to click on it, but it's just on the footer of all of my podcasts, but it's Camille at findingthefloor.com, or you can send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. And again, I'm at findingthefloor. Okay, you guys have an awesome week. Thank you as like always for listening. I'm really grateful for you all and I will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening. 